hand mic again. Where is that at? Go back. This is my favorite thing. <coughs> there you go. All right, you got a copy of God's Word, put your hand up. Yeah, what do you need a mic? Take your Bible and turn to Isaiah. Devices, whatever you're using, turn to Isaiah chapter 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Just a couple of things to you, and then we will jump in and hang on. This Saturday is the 15th. Okay. Friday you can go Valentine's and do whatever you're going to do. And then Saturday, 15th is the uh, third Saturday of the month. So what are we doing? Health okay. group. group. There you mm -hmm. go. At the Bartlett campus from typically from about 10 to noon. If you want to come early and help set up, that'd be great too. From about 10 to noon, it's going to help the close ball that's there from about 10 to 1. And We'll have somewhere around 400 families come through there Saturday. We need all the bodies we can get to help. If you've never done that, it's been a real blessing for you to come and see what God does. And we give away tons, and I literally mean tons, of food. And this is a blessing of being able to pray with people and give them clothes, give them food. Just love people in the name of Jesus, and God will just constantly every week we're talking about finding a place to stick new breezers and uh, more food. And, so we're just uh, <coughs> it's incredible on what it's become. And the name that God has allowed us to, to have in the community, just uh, loving people with food and clothes. That's this coming Saturday. And we always need a lot of bodies to help. So we need a Saturday, particularly for about 10 to noon. That would be great. Also, it's kind of time-sensitive thing. If you have a child, or you are a child, between 5 and 18, and you would like to play baseball, t-ball, softball, you have a co-ed softball thing from teenagers, uh, all the way down to t-ball, if you would like to play or have your child play, you need to get them signed up in the next couple of weeks. So, John Everson, you know what you stand up with it all the way Thank this John, he's bigger than everyone else. Big John. Anyway, John will be in here afterwards. John has informed the containment going on. I also have one that's by my palatial office at the front door right there on the little table. You can pick one up and fill it out. Turn it back in to either me or John or just to make sure that we get it. But don't wait for March and say, ooh, I'd love for my little girl to play t-ball. It'll be too late. We have to make a commitment. What teams we're going to have? We need to have that information. If you want your teenager, for example, to play throw-in softball and uh, if nothing else is fun, just go to those games and watch them. They're not there to play softball, but at least uh, uh, they're hanging out with us. So, uh, John and I will be involved in that, along with some other people. So, this month, particularly the next two weeks, we just need to have some idea exactly how many teams we can commit to. If you want your child to play, get them signed up and do not wait. All right, turn to Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45. If you look at the top of your handout. In our series that we're in now, we're in the middle of just kind of uh, generically 
thing, the big picture right now, talking about who is your daddy? Who's your daddy as a believer? Your God, God is our Father. What does that mean? We're going to be walking through specific attributes of God. We're looking at different uh, principles in relation to the fact that God is just not God. But if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, God is your dad. Notice the verse at the top of your head. Now, the Lord, there is no other. Look at this very verse today. There is no God besides me. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other God before me. First of the Decalogue and the Ten Commandments. You receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, follow Abba is a term of endearment, of tenderness. That's where the title of the series came from. Who's your daddy? That God is not just to us, the force. God is not the big guy in the sky. God is not the man. God, we're not deists. We believe that God created and we step back and just let things happen. He is. Relational. That's why he uses terms like call me father. Jesus calls out pray. that our father, when we're called his children, we call each other brothers and sisters. We are the bride of Christ. All relational terms. God wants it clear to us. We'll see next week. We're going to begin to look at that. That God pursues us and desires to have a relationship with us. He's not hands-off. He's very much involved. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. It was last night on the planet. Before he went to the cross, and those 11 guys in the room that he was going to get that incredible commission to go to all the world and make learn followers of me. He said to them several times, I'm going to send you another comforter, a comforter, a paraclete, one who will be with you and in you I will not leave you orphans. He said, you wait the Pentecost and wait, it will, the power will come upon you. And Acts 1 says that's exactly what happened. The Lord sent the Holy Spirit to indwell the church. That's us. We're in the church age. When Jesus comes back, that's where we are. And we are his chosen tool. He works through his body, the church, his bride, the church, his children, the church. We're a family to say to the world, God wants to adopt you into his family, just like he adopted us. We are his children. So, what we're going to look at today, specifically now at the very top of your handout, specifically in Isaiah 45 and 46 today, we're going to look at the fact that our dad is salvation. And in him there is redemption. In him there is forgiveness. In him there is eternal life. And without him, you're none of those things. Paul said, Scripture tells us, there's one day you're going to whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ. He is God, second person of the Trinity. We're talking about that today. And he came that we might know God. One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's our Savior. We're adopted into the family of God, and we enter into a relationship with God, where we have the privilege of calling him daddy. That when you pray, it's not a religious rote exercise, just going through the motions, it's talking to your father. Talking to your dad. Letting him know how much 
You know what? How much you want to do what he wants you to do? How much you want to be involved in his work, his kingdom? Well, let's start out. Look at Isaiah 45. Let's go to verse 22. Let's start out with number one in your handout. We're talking about our dad, who he is. And he, we talked about last week, he was salvation of the nation of Israel. We're going to focus on the day of number one in your handout. He's the salvation of all men. The salvation of all men. So you look at verse 22. 45-22. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth. Notice there's an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. All you ends of the earth. For I am God. And there is no other. Look to me, God, and be saved. God offers grace for everyone. I've shared this with you before, but it's... Uh, I think it's very apropos at this moment to understand what God means by grace. Years ago, there was a group of preachers about the or wherever they were, sitting around uh, bragging how good they were, probably, for the preachers. They did take up an offering with each other, giving nothing. But, it's a different story. They were all in the room, these guys sitting around talking and uh, philosophically debating religions, and one of them, the, the question on the floor for the moment was, what sets Christianity apart from every other religion? Did anybody ask you that? Why is it that Christianity is unique? There are a lot of things go through our mind. And then C.S. Lewis walked walk into the room. If you know who C.S. Lewis is, they were all genius like me. C.S. Lewis is in the room. And he's walking by and so what are you guys talking about? And one of them said, What makes Christianity unique? Without stopping, just keeps walking. That's real easy, grace. God offers grace to everyone. And that's what he's saying here in Isaiah 45, and it's always been that way. Yes, he chose Israel through whom he brought the Messiah, revealed himself to the world at that moment in time. Now he does it through us, the church. But he offers grace to mankind. Going back to original sin, after Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to atone or cover their sin in their own human efforts. And God said, No. You cannot pay for your guilt, your sin, in human effort. I will provide for you an atonement, covering, grace. Very simply, is God giving to you the riches of Christ free? <coughs> free. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten unique son, the world, the eternal logos, the second person of the Trinity, who volitionally, willingly came and died in our place. Grace, because we, every individual, born since Adam and Eve, because of original sin, every one of us has a debt we cannot pay. It's simply called being a sinner, our sin nature. We owe a debt we cannot pay. Christ came and said on the cross, it is finished. Greek meaning paid a debt, paid in full. He paid the sin debt so that I could be free and have a relationship with God and have the capacity to call him daddy through the work that Christ performed because my works, no matter how many they might be, can never atone for my sin. They're not righteous. No, not one. 
Christ can be the propitiation of satisfaction because he was righteous. He did not sin. He could be the sin sacrifice because he did not sin. None of us had that capacity. And that's the point in Isaiah 45. It's impossible for me, you, or humanity to fix our predicament of being sinners. We can't save ourselves. So notice verse 22, what does God say? Look to me and be saved. The next phrase in your Bible. All the ends of the earth. Look to me. God says, I will offer this to you. Here it is. You look to me. Don't look to yourself. Don't look to science. Don't look to philosophy. Don't look to technology. Don't look to religion. We talked about last week the week before. Don't pick an ism. There are a lot of isms. Everybody has an ism. Whatever they believe in. Everyone has a belief system. Whatever it might be. God's saying, don't look to that for your salvation. Look to me. All the ends of the earth, not just the Jews, everyone, look to me. This verse, verse 22 of Isaiah 45, is the verse that led Charles Spurgeon to turn his life on to Jesus Christ. Great Baptist preacher from the 1800s. This verse, Isaiah 45, 22, is what caught his attention, gripped his heart, and had him turn his life over to Jesus Christ. Look to me. All the ends of the earth will be saved. Now verse 23. God says, I'll offer you grace. But I guarantee it to you by my word, by my nature. We're going to be looking in great detail about this thing. But I guarantee it to you by my word, by my nature. Verse 23 of Isaiah 45. I swore by myself that the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness shall not return. That to me. Every knee shall bow, every tongue take an oath. God said, I swore by myself, the word is going out of my mouth, in righteousness, it shall not return. In other words, this is what God says. By who I am. We see already in the great lengthy in Isaiah, we saw in Psalm 115, God said, I am. There is no other. I am only God. I swear by myself. In other words, the highest hope I can swear to you by the one who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, creator of the universe, the Lord of all, the owner of it all. I swear to you by myself, my word is gone out, the of the It's the truth. You look to me, all the ends of the earth will be saved. From the time you were young, and I still remember this as a kid, and I don't know if they still do it today. But I think they probably do because I hear cool people on the radio every now and then saying this. If I want you to believe that what I'm saying is true and I'm not messing with you, I'm not lying to you, what do I say to you? I swear to God. I swear to God. It's true. You ever said that? Yeah, you have. That's where it comes from. What God is saying, you cannot swear to by anything higher than me. And I swear by myself. I will offer you grace. I will set you free. I love this passage because if you get to Philippians chapter 2, Philippians is probably my favorite book in the Bible. Philippians and John, those two, I, I love to study them, read them, meditate on them. Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says these words. And this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God did not consider it property to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every name should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, that every tongue should confess or agree that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul writes Philippians 2, obviously referencing Jesus the Christ, that he humbled himself, that he willingly came, willingly submitted to the will of the Father, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, allowing himself to be tortured to death. And as a result, from who he was, God has highly exalted him, given him the name that's above him, that every inch of bow, every tongue confess, that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Literally, what we're reading in Isaiah, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah. He is God. He is the one that everyone will bow to. Those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. Every knee will bow. We have the privilege, again, as the church, we come to the point in our lives individually and corporately where we bow the knee. We trust in Christ. We're Christ followers. And we get to share that the beauty of grace with our world. But every knee will bow. And that's why it's so vital that we understand that. That it moves us. That it's a passion for us. That people hear the gospel and understand grace. Because their knee will bow to Christ. Either in this life or at the great white world judgment. In the next one. They will bow to Jesus Christ. As Lord. And that means owner of all. So the glory God the Father. I love that passage in Philippians. Because it explains who my Savior is. He willingly chose to die for him. He willingly allowed himself to be tortured. He willingly became a bondservant with a servant by choice. C.S. Lewis talking about Christ, about truth, said these words. To argue with God is to argue with the very power that makes it possible to argue at all. A foolish is man to attempt that. In other words, God had revealed himself. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago in creation and in conscience and in Christ. We, again, have the privilege to share with our cultures life changing truth. I read this incredible quote this week. I do not know who said it. It was anonymous of the book that I was reading. It says this. If a man does not believe in God, his own ego becomes the root of his life. Since there are no standards of right and wrong existing apart from himself, right becomes that which pleases him. Wrong, that which does not mess with his ego. Since he himself is the supreme consideration, he is restrained by nothing but his own wishes. And he easily reaches the conclusion that the best possible world is one in which his will 
is supreme. Therefore, enforces it upon others to the limit of his ability. Man has a choice. You can submit to the will of God as your father, or you can say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And if God wants to get in on it, that's fine. But I will be supreme in my life. I alone will decide. God says, besides me, there is no other. I alone have salvation, and I offer it to you as a free gift. What will you choose? So secondly, on your hand now, this idea of salvation, go to Isaiah 46, verse 3. God, our God is not only salvation, offering grace, Secondly, he's a security of a lifetime. 46.3 <coughs> Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who've been upheld by him from birth and carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. Even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and I will deliver you. I've shared this with you before, and I think it's really important that as believers, when you're doing devotional things like just simply reading those two verses, and then stop and meditate on what your dad has said to you when you read scripture, it's your dad talking to you. I want you to notice the verbs in those two verses. Just one in particular. I will, I will, I will. I will, over and over and over again, your dad says to you, I will. He says to you, you've been upheld by me. You've been carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am. Getting into areas that are particularly important to me. Even to your old age, I am. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. Even the bald head. <laughs> I'll be there. I, I love what God is saying. From birth to death and everything in between that you will encounter as a human being, as my child, I will carry you. I will uphold you. I will bear you. I will carry you. I will deliver you. So many ways God reminds me on a regular basis. I've heard me say this many times that He's God and I ain't. There is a God and Randy, you ain't him. Trust me. The essence of all sin is not trusting God, trusting self. Very simply, think, put yourself for a moment in the Garden of Eden. You're placed in paradise and you're innocent. God says, don't eat this fruit. Trust me, if you eat, you're going to die. Look what I've given you. Trust me, love me enough to obey me, and don't eat this. And yet, what happened? Satan's able to convince on God being cruel. Eat the fruit, you'll be like him. 
still trust him. Even this morning, I was at home this morning, and I always get up as early as I can on Sundays and you know, getting ready and, and listening. Sometimes we can preach, but sometimes it's just the music. Try to spend time praying, particularly on Saturday night. I do that. I pray for the digital committee to you. See in this room and different things that are going on, life of the church and life of individuals. And it's a particular family that I'm praying for, I won't mention my name. And literally, I'm sitting back there in Mary's Cove, which is this part of our building. I'm sitting over at Mary's Cove this morning, just praying, getting ready to come up here. And one of the families that I've been praying for, just wondering how they were doing, had seen them in walking through the door. What did God say? Be faithful, Randy. Be faithful. You do what's right. As you know it, when God's word is in your heart, will carry you. will deliver you. This week's been really difficult for me on a lot of levels of different things. <clears throat> I love to go back to scripture and read it, study it, and be reminded that I'm not in charge. My dad is. My dad is. What does he want from me? Righteous live faith. Back at 2 4 is the theme of Scripture. Righteous that live by faith. Not a blind leap in the dark. I've heard him say that a million times. Trust your daddy. Why? Because he's proven himself to be trustworthy. I will. I have. I will continue to do so. You don't have to. Even if you don't believe, I got this, Randy. Check out my track record. He let them down. Went back to Adam and Eve. He provided for them atonement, salvation. He's been providing it ever since. Why would he stop with me? Am I unique? Not in that sense. He's not going to stop with me. He's not going to stop with us. It's just an exciting time to be a Christian. And I don't know how much longer. God will allow me to be on the planet and serving him and doing what I'm doing here for right now. As long as he lets me, I'm serious. I will do it. And somebody get asked me this week, are you ever going to retire? I said, probably not. They'll get tired of me and drag me away one day. I love what I do. Why? It matters. What you do, I'm not talking about vocation. Obviously, in my case, it's also my vocation. But I'm saying what you do as a believer in every relationship matters. I coach a little boys basketball team, 10, 12 year old boys, and coach the team, help coach the team. I'm not sure we do much coaching with them. They're smarter than we are. But I coach this little boys 10 to 12 year old basketball team. And I've coached them for several years now. About half of them go to church here, half of them don't. They just assign them to me. Single at the community center, and I just get them. And it's interesting every year, the ones who've never coached or never played for before are like, this dude's crazy. <laughs> well, last night we won our league championship. We won the game. We won the league championship. And I'm looking at these one little boys played for me for four years. Four years. And I looked at the end of the game and I said, Have you ever discovered where the left block is? <laughs> and the answer is no. I'm screaming at it the whole game. Get on the left block. Get on the left block. Get on the left block. 
we can do the same thing with our older boy. I said, you didn't discover everything ever with the left block in it, but he's gotten better each year. Better each year. And I know, I don't know if their family is Christian or not, here's what I know. They're back. We had a lock-in student ministry was crazy enough to do a lock-in New Year's Eve, like what, 85 kids? No, no, something like that. And he was one of the ones that was there. That's what I'm not sure. Sean went and invited. Sean, technically the coach of the team. I'm the mouthpiece. <laughs> you find that hard to believe. Well, Sean invited the whole basketball team. He said, look, we're having a lock-in New Year's Eve at the hangar at our apartment campus. It's called everybody on the team, every kid on the team. Christians and the non-Christians. Man. You don't know how God's going to use that. I ran into a kid the other day, he's now freshman in high school, so I made him tell him trying to do the worship. He's a freshman. I think it was Craig Mark. I ran into his mom. She was talking about when I coached him when he was five years old. How he used to scream at him. He was really good at playing. Screaming at him, working something like I do now, where to be. Remember how I brought you out of Egypt, set you free, 
Remember how I gave you the promised land. Remember how I carried you. I parted the Red Sea. Provided men in the wilderness. Got water out of our life. Remember the former things. Remember how I've always proven to you that I am. Remember how we told Pharaoh my name was. Told the Hebrews my name is I am. And then I proved it to Pharaoh. I proved it to you. I'm going to prove it through Babylon. I'm going to prove it through Medo Persia. I'm going to prove it historically. Keep going. Pick an empire. The message is, I've always been God. I always will be God. One of the attributes of God that we're going to study here in a couple of weeks is going to be given that he is immutable. He does not change. You need to meditate on things like that. You read a story in the Bible like Adam and Eve. Prior to sin, they're walking in the cool of the garden with God in that perfect harmony, fellowship, time together. And God says to you, I am the same God who walked in the garden to be with that. I'm the same God who created the star that you look at and see the scripture. I love to go outside at night to basketball in my driveway clear night in the green, you see the moon, you see Venus, you see stars. God says, like you know the Bible says God created the star, he made the stars also. First time he's been studying the star, trying to figure them out. And God said, stars. He knows every one of them. Reminds us of scripture. When you see the sun rise and the sun set every day, repeatedly, you wake up. And I get up early in the morning before the sun rises, and, and a lot of times I you know, see it coming up in the backyard, before the front, you can see it. Scripture says, that's a reminder. God says, I'm still here, didn't go anywhere. I made that star. I'm I'm in control of it. I've got your life. I'm the great I am. I'm also your daddy. And you see stars, it's a reminder of the earth. You see, the, the seasons change. It's a picture. Can't wait to get out of this one and to get into that new life. Spring, summer, it's a reminder. New life in Christ. That's who we are. We've been raised, we sang about it today, we've been raised in new life in Christ. <coughs> it's to them, Isaiah 46 again. Reminds of looking at, by the way, you see this repeatedly, there's that Hebrew emphasis. I am God. There is no other. Remember what I've done. That failed. Be excited about who your dad is. I'm God. There's nobody like me. That's so important for us to remember. When our God says there's none like this, we talk about the idol, we look at all idols, we look at that. That man has forever, as long as man has existed, has tried to create God in man's image. And how many of them have worked? God. There's none like God. That's who your head is. And then I love the phrase. He says, I declare the end from the beginning. 
Probably one of the most important attributes of God for us to understand is we cannot fully comprehend because we're finite is this. God is infinite. We're finite. By infinite, he sees everything simultaneously. I do not understand that. And neither do you. He sees everything at once. He declares the end from the beginning. Literally, he was watching us here while seeing the Holocaust, while seeing Abraham getting ready to offer Isaac. He sees everything simultaneous. Man, that should encourage you. Your dad got it going on. That's your father is. Not some religious icon. Your dad. I declare the end from the beginning. I declare things, declaring things that are not yet done. The study of prophecy in Scripture is so fascinating. You go back and you read, even if you don't believe the Bible is true, you read, somebody wrote this. When the Dead Sea Scrolls in particular, they discovered things, they know how old they are, were written 700, 800 years prior to Jesus. And many other things we talked about Cyrus a couple weeks ago. Were those, how did they know those things? Hundreds of years in advance, because they happened. Historically, even if you don't believe the Bible, they happened. How did the writer, the Old Testament writer, know that the earth was round? Well, we didn't discover that until 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. How did that writer know that a thousand years prior? Everybody believed the earth was flat. He wrote it right. He wrote his solid spirit. And then he says at the end, I will do. I will bear, I will carry, I will deliver, and I will do all my pleasure. You understand what his pleasure is for us? We're his children. Do you like the pleasure of your children? You want the best of your children? Yeah. The Bible says, How much more does your heavenly father know how to give food and perfect gifts? How much more does your Heavenly Father know how to take care of you? So point four on your handout, and we're done. And you realize your God is the God of salvation. And you realize who your daddy is. The response is, serve him. He gives you purpose. He gives you meaning. He gives you hope. He gives you life. He explains to you love. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you life both now and forever. self-sustaining, the only non-created entity in the universe is your dad. He says, just serve Trust me. What difference does all this make? I'm going to read a quote to you and then we're going to pray. Why is this important? The comfort of who our God is. Quote, what difference does it make in our lives? The answer is it makes all the difference in the world. Not only in this world, but in the world to come. Unlike the pagans, we are not left to our own imaginations as to what God is like, what he demands from us, and who he is. Graciously and lovingly, in keeping with his character, God has revealed himself to us. He wants us to know him, to love him, to be in fellowship with him, to serve him, and to bring him glory through our lives. 
this in detail in different places going forward. But the Westminster Catechism we mentioned before puts it this way the chief end of man is to glorify God. In other words, give a correct testament of what he's worth. Let people see who you have. Brag on your head. God, you get While we stop again and we close out our time together as your children, thank you that you are our dad. But as Christians, we serve the God who is there. We just ask, Father, that we would focus on serving you. What do you want for rain? What do you want for each individual seated here? Lord, what is it you want me specifically to do? Where are my gifts? Where are my talents? What is your will for me? Show me if I can do it. What is my heart for the kingdom through Christ Church? Thank you for Jesus and Lord. If there's somebody seated here who is not a Christian and Christ follower, this would be their moment to say, Jesus, thank you for grace, for coming, paying my debt, dying in my place. Please stand as we sing. If you'd like to be praying for you, I'll be down.
the Arlington Convention Fund. So we can, both campuses are part of this, it's Christchurch. It's going to allow us to do a lot of things that we're not currently doing, and we're thrilled that God will allow us to do that. Please. Let's pray. Father God, as we read in your scripture today, in your word, that you are powerful and mighty God, so much so that one did. Every knee shall bow, as you said, Lord. Just, uh, even so, as we sang, that, that you're also good. That you're a good God that, that offered grace to, to us, even though we don't deserve it, Lord. Just, uh, just so thankful for that. Just pray that uh, if there's anybody here that, that, that hasn't hasn't accepted that yet, just uh, pray that today is that day, Lord. Find somebody before they leave and just, uh, just uh, begin that conversation. Pray that you'll guide and give us the words for that. Lord, we, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. Most importantly, we thank you for your son who makes all this possible. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Don't turn it off. Just ease all these down and leave them in. Check out something real quick while George is standing there.